0: mysteriously
1: vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to locations unknown. What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Locations. Unknown. I'm your co-host Joe Irado, and with me, as always, is a guy who is most certainly best friends with that English guy in all the action movies where everyone knows him, but just can't put their finger on his name, Mike <laughs> Vander uh
0: Thank you, Joe. I uh, thank you to all of our loyal listeners for tuning in. Uh, thank you to uh, our friend, friend of the show, Jason Statham. Oh, for, he's your
1: friend. I, he, I'm not cool <laughs> enough
0: for uh, recording that uh, cold <laughs> open for us. Um, uh, just a couple quick announcements here. Uh, a couple Patreon supporters would like to give shout-outs to. Uh, Kelly Morales, Luke Conde, uh, Tish Millette, and Monica uh, Metaros. I think I got that right. I, I don't think you did. I probably did. But
1: I don't know what it is either.
0: <laughs> All right. We're also going to give a quick episode uh, suggestion shout-out to Samantha Porter. Um, this uh, individual is a close friend of the family of the gentleman who went missing in this case. So uh, she had emailed us a
1: week or two ago about this. So... Um, I think those might be the only people who would trump a patron supporter for episode suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. Somebody <laughs> close to the case.
0: Yeah, this is a really interesting case. Uh, Joe, in a second here, is going to get into location, profile, character profile. Um, because the location you went missing in is not a national park or a forest or even a wilderness area, we don't have the same kind of level of detail for... Well, it's an area in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, Oh, well, it's definitely remote. Um, but it's going to be a little bit more high level kind of on the, lo- the general generalized location of um where he went missing but uh joe will get into that in a bit so i have no more updates
1: yeah just um i do want to i want to start mentioning the beginning of the show if you have suggestions comments always call our phone number i want to get so many on there so we can wrap up some patron episodes and i love i love listening to your messages we got a couple <laughs> drunk ones we got a couple funny ones um we I can th- you, we still haven't done the episode with the with the wisconsin names I almost I, said Sconson names. I
0: think we have a few more celebrity followers. We'll have to have one, one of them record the, Ooh, the phone number for us. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. 208 391 6913 is the number. Call it. Leave any type of message you want. Just and remember,
0: uh, we may play it live on a show. So
1: uh, don't say anything you wouldn't want a lot of people to hear. Yeah. We caught that one lady. She started saying her address and the email address. I was like, ah, because so, we didn't listen to it ahead of time. So yeah, only put information on there that you want potentially to be public on the airwaves. But the
0: crazier and the funnier, the more likely we'll play it. Oh,
1: 100%. (laughs) All right, everybody, let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. October 20th, 2018. A man goes scouting for a hunting location in Pine Mountain, Wyoming. He left in his truck and never made it to his destination. Join us this week as we investigate the mysterious disappearance of Terry Mader. pine mountain is located in the south southwest portion of wyoming right near the southern border uh, and it sits at nine thousand five hundred fifty-five feet so it's actually a pretty tall mountain and i'm actually gonna throw this up on the screen just so you can see here google earth was not being my friend earlier so i'm just gonna use google maps so i can't get the 3d view which is depressing um but you can see it is very remote kind of in the middle of nowhere i don't even what's the closest town to this thing
0: Uh, Well, Terry was from Rock Springs, Wyoming, which is about, I want to say, 30 miles, maybe 20, 30 miles north. Yeah, I'll go to terrain. Um,
1: Okay, so yeah, it's 30 miles into the mountains in the middle of nowhere.
0: It's remote. You're kind of, you know, anyone who's familiar with Wyoming, on the western end of Wyoming, you've got, um, you know, the mountain ranges uh, up in the corner. You've got, um, what's the park in Wyoming, the big one? Yellowstone,
1: Yellowstone, yeah, yeah.
0: You've got Yellowstone, and in the yeah, eastern, yeah, in the eastern part of the state, eastern, southern, you've got high, you know, kind of highlands.
1: Um, yeah, here's Yellowstone up here,
0: yeah. So southeastern
1: and eastern, southern, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, getting all my, my locations messed up here, but uh, yeah, for a lot of part of the state is just you know high plains country. Um, it's arid.
1: Yeah, so we're we're not going to go into too much of like there's not trails or anything around here. It's not like a park, so we're going to do some interesting a lot of access roads and yeah, just logging roads and things like that. You can kind of see as I zoom in here. It's you know, in this Bureau area, of Land Management road four thousand four hundred and thirteen. Yeah, so, so it's that all that's DLM <laughs> land. Yes, um,
0: and really good hunting. This is a very popular area for hunters in Wyoming. So.
1: All right, so we're going to do some interesting facts about Wyoming because we don't have a lot of information specifically about this spot. So, Wyoming, Mike, is the <laughs> least populous state in the country, even though it's the 10th largest by area. According to census records, approximately 586,000 people live within its 97,818 square miles. To put that into perspective, the smallest state in the U.S. is Rhode Island and has an area of only 1,200 square miles and is home to 1.05 million people. <laughs> so it's half the people in, I don't even know. You're the uh, uh, accountant. What percentage of square miles is that? You're almost 100,000 square. It's 1% of the space. It's, it's twice the people.
0: Yeah. it's. I mean, even uh, 586,000 is about the population of Milwaukee.
1: And okay. then our metro area is about so, 1.5 million. Okay, so it's the city of Milwaukee spread out across one of the 10th largest states. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you want to buy land, it's probably really inexpensive in Wyoming. Uh, the outlaw, Harry Alonzo Longabur- ba- Longbow, a.k.a. the Sundance Kid, uh, took his nickname from the town of Sundance, Wyoming, where he was jailed at the age of 15 for stealing a horse.
0: It's like Grand Theft Auto but uh, a horse.
1: <laughs> I was going to do a dad joke and I'm just not getting it out. You could still do it. Uh, well, no. Okay. <laughs> okay the mythical <laughs> the mythical creature known as the jackalope was born in the 1930s when in Douglas, Wyoming, Douglas Herrick and his brother Ralph decided to add antlers to a dead jackrabbit they had taxidermied. They sold the creatures and their tall tail to anyone willing to buy. You can still get a jackalope hunting license in the city. Now, did he literally live in a town named after himself? Um, I don't know, <laughs> Douglas cool. Douglas Herrick from Douglas, Wyoming. <laughs> There's so few people there. He's just like it's, it's my town, and I have this jack jackalope.
0: It's just a coincidence, maybe.
1: Yeah. So if you ever see like a rabbit head with like two prong antlers sticking out of it, that's not a real animal. It's yes. a jackalope, and. They're all over the place in Wisconsin. Like, northern Wisconsin bars all have a jackalope. That's funny. And they all talk about it like nobody knows that it's not real. (laughs) Nearly half of the state, or 48%, is owned by the United States government. Its Wyoming-based holdings include National Forest, the National Grassland, and an Air Force base in the capital. Wyoming didn't raise the legal drinking age from 19 to 21 until 1988. It's the last state of the union to do so. Because if you live there, there's no people and you need to drink. Yep, James... Cash Penny opened his first store on April 14th, 1902 in Kem- Kemmerer, Wyoming. Today, there are approximately 1,020 J.C. Penny stores across America. There you go. J.C. Penny started in Wyoming. Yep. The Spanish Empire claimed Southwest, southwestern Wyoming until it was ceded to the United States in the year 1848 at the end of the Mexican-American War. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of the climate now. Uh, the state is considered a semi-arid Semi-arid east of the mountains, and since the mountain ranges lie in the general north-south direction, they are perpendicular to the prevailing westerlies. Therefore, the westerlies. Mount- westerlies sorry, <laughs> uh, the mountain ranges provide effective barriers, which force the air currents to move in from the Pacific Ocean to rise and drop much of their moisture along the western slopes.
0: You see this. Uh On the west coast in like Washington and Oregon. Yes. Um,
1: Super green areas on one side.
0: Temperate rainforests near the ocean. And on the the eastern side of the states, if you've ever driven through either of those states,
1: it's pretty dry. Yes.
0: Um, So it's pretty cool.
1: Heck yeah. (laughs) I I love weather.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Snow accumulates to considerable depths in the high mountains, and many of the streams fed by the melting snow furnish ample quantities of water for irrigation for the thousands of acres of land. Because of its elevation, Wyoming has a relatively cool climate. Most of the state is above 6,000 feet level with temperatures rarely exceeding 100 degrees. Actually, is the whole state above 6,000 feet?
0: Uh, on average. There okay. are, so sh- uh, kind of interesting. There's a couple
1: of really deep holes yeah. that people dug.
0: The Yellowstone area is actually one of the lowest points in the state. Okay. And, uh, but I think it's in here. It's a, okay. further down so the So we'll get there?
1: Yeah. Uh, the warmest parts of the state are the lower portions of portions of Bighorn Basin, the lower elevations of central and northeast portions, and along the eastern border. For most of the state, mean maximum temperatures in July range between 85 and 95. Uh, With increasing elevation, uh, the average values drop rapidly. A few places in the mountains at about 9,000 feet level have an average maximum in July close to 70. Summer nights are almost invariably cool even though daytime readings may be quite high at times. For most places away from the mountains, the mean minimum temperature in July ranges from 50 to 60. Of course, the mountains and high valleys are much cooler with average lows in the middle of summer in the 30s and 40s with occasional drops below freezing. So it can snow all year round up there. It's rare in July, but it can snow in the mountains. Uh, In January, the coldest month generally, minimum temperatures range from 5 to 10 degrees Fahrenheit in the western valley, Mean values go down to about 5 degrees below zero. The record low for the state is negative 66 degrees Fahrenheit, observed February 9, 1933, at Yellowstone Park. During warm spells in the winter, nighttime temperatures frequently remain above freezing. Uh, Chinooks, warm downslope winds are common along the eastern slopes. The period of maximum precipitation occurs in the spring and early summers for most of the state. Uh, precipitation is greater over the mountain ranges and usually at higher elevations, although elevation alone is not the predominant influence. So it rains a lot in the mountains. Yeah. For example, over most of the southwest portion where the elevation ranges from 6,500 to 8,500 feet, annual precipitation varies from 7 to 10 inches. That's not that much, actually. No. At lower elevations over northeast portions and along the eastern border where elevations are mostly in the range of 4,000 to to 5,500 feet, the annual average uh, is from 12 to 16 inches. The relatively dry southwest portion is a high plateau nearly surrounded by mountain ranges. So, the terrain. Uh, as we said before, it's, it's pretty much high all over the states. Mean elevation is 6,700 feet above sea level. And even when the mountains are excluded, the average elevation over the southern part of the state is well over 6,000 feet, while much of the northern portion is some 2,500 feet lower. <clears throat> the lowest point, and this gets to your point, so it is way lower, is yeah. 3,125 feet on uh, the northeast corner where Belle Fork River, I know that's wrong. Don't yell at me. Forché, Forché, Belle, Belle Forché River. French. Yeah, Belle Forche River, the state line <laughs> into South Dakota. The highest point is Gannett Peak at 13,785 feet, which is part of the Wind River Range in west central portion. So they don't have any 14ers. They're close, but, They're not, close but, but not not enough. Nope. So some of the animals that you'll expect to see out there, mountain lions. Although not commonly seen, mountain lions are widespread throughout Wyoming. They prefer rocky, bushy areas with steep slopes and cliffs and scattered openings in the trees. But in the past few years, they have been encountered in more marginal habitats, often close to human habitation. Black bears are there, too. Black bears in Wyoming are found across the state, occupying a large range of habitats from those above Timberline to river bottoms. Uh, you also have elk, foxes, coyote, uh, prairie rattlesnakes, midget faded rattlesnakes, Northern Pacific rattlesnakes. Are any of them poisonous?
0: Uh, so the three are listed. They are pretty poisonous. They those are. are the, the ones you don't want to come across. Um, and for anyone listening, we, these animals are kind of just what Terry could have come across. There's a lot of other you know, mammals and stuff in the area, but... No, there's no more. You know, no, more. Those are the
1: only animals um, in all of Wyoming.
0: But up in Yellowstone, obviously, they have grizzlies. So, yep. they're, do, they're, do they? Yeah.
1: Do we know for a fact? They're, yes. Okay. Um,
0: there obvious, <laughs> obviously are bison in Wyoming and moose, but those are found in different locations, not really where Terry was uh, hunting. Okay. So...
1: Yeah, bison typically aren't in the mountains.
0: No. They're
1: like giant minivans. (laughs) Uh, Let's Ah. see here. This goes over terrain again. Yep. Uh, In the area where Terra's missing is very rugged. I showed you on the map if you were watching the screen. Um, We got some. I uh, found a
0: website that had some really good pictures of
1: Pine Mountain. Yeah, I'll pull this up real quick. I'll throw it up there, and we'll verbally describe as much as possible. Let me go live here. Oh, there's a nice dog. What type of dog is that?
0: I, at first, I thought it was the uh, Doge, Doge cryptocurrency, block, oh, okay. but it's not.
1: No. Um, so it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just it's just flat land, and you see a mountain in the distance.
0: Yeah. So this does also kind of give us an idea of what the terrain, you know, around where Terry went missing might have looked like. Like desert-ish. It's the arid. It's arid, dry yeah. uh, around the mountains. It gets very rugged.
1: Yeah. It's not totally desolate, but if anyone's driven through. Any of these states where it's just low-lying grass and it looks like sand everywhere, that's that's what it's looking like. Yeah,
0: it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of, uh, well, we've driven through Wyoming.
1: Yeah. At least I have. To get to Glacier? Yeah. Yep. It's a very boring drive. But And at night, uh, did you ever drive at night? Were yeah. we together when we drove at night? Yes. Yeah. And we, like. Almost we had to drive 35 miles on the freeway because there were like hundreds of deer (laughs) just in the roads all the time. Like we couldn't drive freeway speeds or we would just hit deer over and over again. Um, And there's just no off roads like, no, I remember being worried about gas at one point because we're like, okay, we're just on a road forever.
0: But uh, yeah, it it looks really cool.
1: It, you know, it looks like a fun spot to hike. Um, I bet at night it's beautiful. Like, and, there's nothing around, so there's probably zero light pollution. Yeah. It's and probably it, gorgeous on a clear The night. thing
0: with Pine Mountain is uh, the north side of the mountain is very heavily
1: wooded, and the south side is pretty barren and desolate. Oh, um, so if you do it right, you can kind of, like, go through not desert-ish? Well, yeah, and uh, um,
0: Terry would have been...
1: Uh, We're good. Just keep going.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, Terry would have been on the north side of the mountain. Okay. Um,
1: because that's obviously where the wooded side is. Yeah, that's where if you're hunting, hunting. Yeah, you're not going to find too many
0: animals in this.
1: Yeah, but so pretty All cool. Right. Um, yes. We'll
0: post a link to that website in the show notes so people
1: can check it out and see the pictures. All right. Um, All right let me get back into here. Okay, so exposure. Um, if he's on that side, as we said, it's there's more trees, so it's not too exposed to the elements. Um, you're not going to get too hot, probably. So, <laughs> wouldn't have to worry about that. It was. Uh, I lost connection to this website. It decided oh, to gotcha. make a noise. I have to like learn how to turn those noises off. <laughs> um, some of the things you can have though are hailstorms, uh, the most destructive type of storm for the state. every year damage to crops and property from hail amount to many thousands of dollars. Occasionally a hail storm will pass over city and cause severe damage. Most of the hailstorms pass over the open range land and damage is slight. although in small areas of crop producing land some farmers occasionally lose an entire crop by hail. That's yeah. crazy. So, hail that must is be like
0: big hail. Yeah, hail is not a weather phenomenon that we typically talk about in these cases. But uh, when I was looking up um, weather and things in Wyoming, hail kept coming
1: up as one of the biggest uh, hazards. So, it's frequent enough that it's worth mentioning, and we have not seen that before. I think it
0: has to probably do with, and obviously, I'm not a meteorologist, but uh, Wyoming has a lot of wind. You look is like it, a meteorologist, <laughs> it's very windy. Um, so that probably has something to do with, uh, you're not allowed to,
1: them. you're not allowed to make those claims. Yeah. <laughs> you're not okay. So you know, my only understanding of where hail comes from is from a magic school bus episode when I was a child. Oh yeah. And this is how I think it works. And when you're talking, I'll look it up. Okay. But it's rain, uh, that gets caught in updraft. So it like goes down and then comes back up and it freezes, then it refreezes and it goes in this cycle until it gets too heavy and yeah. then finally falls. I
0: think that sounds right.
1: So, like, if the updraft is strong enough, it keeps refreezing until yeah. they get bigger. But if it's not, it's, it'll drop when it's smaller. Yeah. I think that's how it works.
0: I'm pretty sure you're on to something. And if I
1: right. am on to something, we need to bring Magic School Bus back.
0: <laughs> you remembered something. I know. That in a uh, Reading Rainbow. Yes. Remember yes. that show? I love that
1: show. <laughs> All right. So, um, outside of that, blizzards at, in winter at high elevations, so that's the, always a thing in the mountains. And
0: especially in Wyoming, this has to do with the, it's a very, like, a lot of wind in that state. I Yes. Um. So I I read a lot. There blizzards are a big issue when you're in elevation. Yeah, so. you'll get
1: you'll get whiteout conditions, and then you always have the hazard of falling. Yeah, if uh, especially if you're in a blizzard and trying to move around and can't see. Yeah. So, so difficulty in general. Um, the detective on this case said that the area is not for people who don't know what they're doing, or know the area, and cell phone coverage is very spotty.
0: Yeah. So like, uh, you know, if you go and look at Google Maps, um, it's I mean, like we said, it's a massive state. This county that Terry went missing in is one of the largest counties in the country, and it's remote. Largest in size, in size, okay, yeah, not
1: population.
0: No, and it's remote. There's no facilities out here. I um, go back
1: to satellite. Let's see if we can get an idea of like where the. So those are trees. Yeah. So that's crazy. So like, I thought like, didn't know what that was. Like, it's so desolate. Like, look at this patch of trees.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like an oasis kind of, if you look it at is. the rest, yeah,
1: you zoom out like here's trees, here's trees. And then this is all just dry arid.
0: Yeah. It's like an, like an Island of mountain. So um,
1: I bet that's just chock full of animals.
0: Yeah. That's why it's a very popular hunting spot, uh, for people in Wyoming. Okay. Um,
1: so I believe, you know, uh, I didn't believe you at first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. All right. Let's talk about Terry. Yeah. Uh, Terry, uh, went missing on October 20th in 2018. So only a few years back. Uh, he's a male. He is age 74 at the time of the disappearance. He was five ten 10 and 180 pounds, gray hair and blue eyes. When he went missing, he was last seen in an orange jacket. I'm assuming it's a hunt blaze, orange hunting yeah, jacket. Hunting. All right. Uh, he's smoking, smoke cigarettes. Uh, he did not have a cell phone, uh, that was on or charged.
0: So, yeah, oh. his son said that he was not a tech, tech, techie kind of guy, and he had a cell phone, but sometimes he would forget it. Sometimes he would take it, not turn it on, and other times he'd forget to charge
1: it. Okay. So, uh, Medical issues, he suffers from bipolar disorder, which he keeps under control with medication. So if he's on his meds, it's usually pretty good. Yeah. It's when you start forgetting those that it can start causing problems. Uh, he was taking the medicine as directed at the time of his disappearance, so that shouldn't have been a factor. Yep. Uh, His occupation, he was a former junior high teacher and restaurant owner. Experienced in the wilderness, he was an avid hunter, grew up on a mountain ranch between Moab, Utah, and Grand Junction, Colorado. He lived in Rock Springs, Wyoming for 48 years up to his disappearance. Average high in the area he went missing is 61 and the lowest 31. So that was the temperatures at the time he went missing. So I would say it's safe to say he knows the area.
0: Yeah, he lived around Rock Springs, like we said. It was just north of this area.
1: So he hunted it for almost 50 years.
0: Yeah, all over this area for a long time. Um, So I think it's safe to assume, um, you know, in the sense that he knew the area, very experienced, in the sense that maybe was he prepared fully for going out into this remote of an area? Probably not.
1: Yeah, if he just like, hey, I normally go this way. Yeah. Well, well, I'll get to like bring limited supplies because I'm going to be in and out. If he's just looking for a spot, maybe scouting, you're yeah. not planning to stay out there. So he probably didn't bring all of his gear. Yeah. Um. And then just uh, people in the case you might hear, if you hear say BJ, that is the son of Terry. So that is the mention uh, if we say someone like BJ. Yes. Mike, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because as many of you know, I got into kickboxing and was feeling slow and sluggish on training days. I was taking more supplements than I could count and nothing was helping. One of the fighters at my gym recommended Athletic Green's AG1 Daily Health Drink and I've never felt better. One scoop of AG1 in the morning has me ready to take on Mike Tyson by the time I get to the gym. One serving of AG1 contains 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that supports better sleep, quality recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. All things very important to the world of combat fighting. Best of all, it costs less than $3 a day, which from my own experience is cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. For less than a cup of Starbucks, you can make an investment in your own health that I can personally vouch for. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: All right, so jumping right into the timeline, like Joe mentioned uh, earlier in this episode, <clears throat> the story, the case starts off on October 20th, 2018, which is Saturday. This what would be the last time that Terry's son, BJ, had spoken with him. And like we said, Terry was in Rock Springs, Wyoming, and he was heading out to look for a place to hunt. Uh, and f- while we don't have... um. Verifiable evidence that he was by himself, his family, law enforcement, everyone thinks he was alone on the trip based on the evidence that was found and statements from family. So I think it's safe to assume he was alone on this trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to his son, his dad uh, was heading out to spot for the upcoming deer hunt he was going on and he was taking some family members with him. So he was, wasn't was just looking for a spot for himself to hunt, but uh, for some of his family that were coming with. Okay. Um, And like I said earlier, Pine Mountain is known as a very good hunting spot, Uh, has lots of sections of sagebush, trees, and some very steep terrain. And hunting season in this part of the country uh, starts in August and ends in November. So moving forward to the next day. So Terry has not been officially reported missing yet, but it's October 21st, uh, 2018, which is Sunday. And uh, some bear hunters from Rock Springs reported, uh, they reported this after Terry was actually reported missing, that they had seen uh, his abandoned truck six days earlier the day after Terry left home. So that would have been October 21st. Um, After searching the area, the hunters followed boot tracks leading from the truck and traveling west for about two miles down an access road uh, to where the tracks disappeared into the trees. And according to... The lead detective on this case, the trees in this area where his tracks disappeared were very thick. Not like, you know, old growth forests where you can kind of see off for a distance, like okay. like a wall of vegetation, basically. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, on the map if now he was on the north end of the mountain, so you're kind of on the east side if you scroll out. Um and you see where that, that white dot is? He was like right on here? He was up there somewhere. We have some pictures. Yeah, that, you can
1: see some roads right here.
0: Yeah, he, we have some pictures um, from law enforcement there where they kind of show where the truck was located. Um, let's, see. let's see if you can. We'll get to those pictures in a minute. Yeah, um, so this one picture is not very descriptive. <laughs> is, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, you've got Red Creek, so you can kind of.
1: All right, Highway 430. Okay, you can keep going. I'll f- try and see if I can yeah, navigate so, this.
0: Like we said, it was very thick uh, vegetation. So the bear hunters at the time didn't report this to the police because uh, I've seen this when I've been up north in Wisconsin hunting. Uh, there's During hunting season, there's trucks kind of parked out in the middle of nowhere all over the place. And it's not uncommon, not that his truck was parked, but it's not uncommon to see trucks out in the woods. And um, it's also not really... Uh, in Wyoming based on what the detective said and what locals have said that if you drive around in Wyoming long enough in the back country, you're going to get stuck. Um, it's just a foregone conclusion okay. just because it, the roads are so rugged and due to weather it happens. So it's not even unusual out here in Wyoming to find a truck stuck in a, a ridge like that. So, um, uh, so I lost my spot here. Um, so Terry, uh, so the footprints, like I said, were heading west for about two miles down an access road, and that would have had Terry heading in the direction of Highway 191 south, which would have been about a 20-mile walk from his location. So in theories of what happened, I'll get into, we'll, we'll kind of start factoring this kind of, you know, some of this information in, but that's an important note to make that um, the direction that he was walking, if he knew he was walking west, and new Highway 191 was in that direction. That's a hell of a hike to do, yeah. especially in the dark. Um, so we are fast-forwarding now to October 22nd, so the next day. According to family and friends, Terry was actually supposed to meet up with a friend to cut up an antelope, but never showed up. So this is kind of like the first clue that something might be wrong. But again, no one at the time... Uh, reported it because, uh, you know, sometimes I think I read somewhere that, um, you know, it wasn't unusual that, you know, maybe he stayed out a little longer to, to hunt. So, okay.
1: Um, I got the picture of his truck pulled up. Yeah. He's like, just drove into this big wedge.
0: Yeah. It's probably, you know, like you're driving and your, your wheel starts getting pulled in and, and it's and, for
1: those listing, it's like kind of tilted into like almost a little ravine. But the the ground is holding up the middle of the car, so and think I'll about like into, on a uh, snowbank. Yeah. like the wheels aren't touching the ground, so it's not like you could like m- maneuver. You'd have to get towed out of here.
0: And I'll I'll get into why these ruts are in the road. The detective kind of detailed um, why this happens. Can, I, that- can I guess?
1: <laughs> what do you is think? it for water? Yes, for erosion purposes.
0: <laughs> no, it just it happens
1: naturally. Oh, they didn't dig them out. No. Okay,
0: okay. Um, Okay, so like I said, he missed his appointment with his friend on the 22nd to cut up some antelope. So now this is a very strange coincidence, what happened on the 23rd. Um, uh, So October 23rd, 2018, like we said, Terry went out spotting uh, on the 20th. His truck was found by some bear hunters on the 21st stuck, like the picture Joe is showing. He missed his meeting with his buddy to cut up antelope on the 22nd. And now on the 23rd, a pizza order was made and sent to a family friend of the Maters with the name Mater written on the box. And the family that received the pizza stated that they had not ordered pizza. So the detective on this case had to you know waste time tracking this down. But law enforcement ultimately determined this was a prank by a school-age girl who knew the family was close with Terry and simply used his name randomly
1: she that's did a really mean prank it
0: was a mean prank she was playing it on a friend and um yeah what a great friend yeah but uh oh, your
1: grandpa's missing let's order a pizza i think
0: I, I think the girl was 6 so pretty, oh, okay okay I'll, give, I'll i'll okay yeah. that's fine um so the uh, the law enforcement detective you know spent days tracking this down eventually got a warrant from Verizon to Get the information from the phone call that oh, made man. the pizza order.
1: <laughs> well, taught her a lesson,
0: and he showed up at the house where the girl was living to talk to her, and I'm sure scared her straight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> though I, I heard an interview with the uh, the detective. He sounds really nice, so probably everyone in Wyoming's nice. Yeah. Um. So that that was the 23rd. Very strange coincidence. Had nothing to do with the disappearance. Uh, October 25th, 2018, which is a Thursday. Now, uh, some of you who are looking up this case. There were some news reports that stated uh, he was reported missing on the 26th. Um, I'm going to go with the 25th based on law enforcement um, posts that I read. So uh, Terry is reported missing to the Rock Springs Police Department on the 25th. Uh, there Now, this is another strange coincidence. Um, there was a reported call or text to Terry's phone on the 25th but law enforcement was never able to determine if it was, in fact, a call or a text because the signal wasn't strong enough. So, inconclusive. They don't know who was trying to call him. Okay. But um, if people are reporting him missing on the 25th, it does not It does make sense that people probably tried to call his cell phone. Um, so, we're now on And finally
1: located where his car was. Okay. Like right here. Yeah. So, look at that terrain where he you know, theoretically went missing pretty flat. Yeah. And like wide open. Yeah. I mean, you saw it in the picture of the car. I didn't see this map on here the first time. That's why. But yeah, look at it around there. Like, it's not like you got lost in the woods. No. Okay. So
0: we'll get into a little more detail about the car that was found. Um, so depu- So it's October 26th, 2018. Uh, deputies and Sweetwater uh, County Search and Rescue volunteers were on the scene that Friday. Uh, The sheriff's department uh, set up a mobile command post and search activities were commenced. With throughout most of the day, nothing found. Um, And just to put this in perspective for people listening, um, the county Terry went missing in, Sweetwater County, is 10,000 square miles. Uh, It's larger than six states and it's the eighth largest county in the U.S. And really funny. when I I listened to an interview by with the detective and he said, when he first joined uh, the County Sheriff's department back in the early two thousands or mid two thousands, there were two deputies that patrolled 10,000 square miles.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So he's like, I could, we could be out working one day and I could be on at a case on one end of the County. And my fellow deputy is like six hours away. Like, you know, 10,000 square miles is a
1: huge. Would they use, like, helicopters? No, patrol cars. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. At that point, like, I feel like you'd have to make them get, like, a helicopter license.
0: I mean, you got to think with how sparsely populated Wyoming is, um, there's probably, you know, like, where we live, sadly, there is, you know, a
1: lot of crime from time to time. There's probably not a lot, but there's all, like, you think about rescue, yeah, like everyone's well, on
0: just, their own. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, these are just the deputies. I don't know about like EMS and fire. I'm sure each little town has their own. It's all
1: volunteer. And
0: you know, like Rock Rock Springs has their own police department. And okay, the cities have their own police departments, but still, two deputies when he started for 10,000 square miles is I, I'm like I'm picturing
1: like. <laughs> Like a sheriff's office with like the swinging doors, oh yeah, and they have horses. Like there's like just never to like you know we're just gonna keep it like it was. There's
0: one just jail- appoint
1: a deputy. Like I'm gonna deputize somebody to help one day and then take it away.
0: Kind of like uh, Tombstone the movie. Exactly. <laughs> or they just pull out deputy badges. Like- yep. Yeah, they Just throw your deputy now. <laughs> um, that would so- make
1: me move there actually. So I'm not even disparaging it. Like I every now and then long to live life like that, just like cut off from everything.
0: But with modern medicine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. With
1: penicillin. I want to live there with penicillin.
0: Yeah, back in the Wild West days, if you, uh, if you yeah. like got a bad cut and you're playing the infection lottery, yeah. like, will you survive yeah. or not?
1: The bear market's not really affecting these people.
0: <laughs> no. um, so searching uh, on the 26th went well after midnight. Uh, and finally, a friend of Terry, Bobby Hammer, located terry's abandoned truck which we said the bear hunters had found days earlier uh so sweetwater county deputies were informed by family members that a friend had located uh mater's unoccupied pickup a blue 2013 chevrolet north of pine mountain and from the picture you can barely tell that it's blue there's so much dirt on it that's how
1: yeah it hasn't been washed and little license plate you can't even see it my zip tied onto the grill
0: yeah, so the, the detective on this case mentioned that these ruts happen on the roads from when it gets really wet and soggy. My guess is he was driving and his truck, this has happened to us up north in Wisconsin. You get on a real wet, wet road, it'll start sliding sideways. And no matter, even if you got four-wheel drive on, it'll start kind of sucking you towards that rut. And yeah, you, you
1: can even see these tire tracks. Yep. He got stuck back there and tried driving out of it.
0: Yeah, so that's what happened. And um, I, we've gotten stuck up in the Northwoods, in sim, not in a rut that big. We got out. But um, we were hunting a couple of years ago, and we tried to drive through this giant puddle. And we got into the middle of it. And the, my dad's buddy has a big Ford F-350, and it was like it stopped. And <laughs> we, were, we were, like, way... Out in the woods, and we're like, we might be spending the night here.
1: But, <laughs> but we, uh, I'm surprised they don't have winches on all their trucks. Like, it's not like there's like something a tree could hook onto to pull himself out. But like another truck, if someone came along, or exactly,
0: yeah. And we actually talked about that for up north uh, in future years, uh, get a winch for the truck because
1: up there, there's trees you could yeah, pull out you wrap it around there and pull yourself out.
0: But uh, yeah, so the truck was found high centered in a large rut with Terry's rifle, binoculars, hunting license, and a small cooler containing a couple bottles of water and a can of soda.
1: That Um, is a memory I won't forget now. High centered. Yeah. That's what it's called when it's stuck like that. High centered, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna remember that one. <laughs> Core memory formed.
0: Official search and rescue term for a truck that's well, stuck. I just in a rut. can't
1: wait. I like can't wait to see a car like that. Like, oh, it's high centered on the snowbank because it happens in Milwaukee and people are like, excuse me. People will think you're so smart. I know. I'm like, <laughs> wow, wow <laughs> What did you just say? It's high centered.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So, like I said, there was water and a can of soda in that cooler, along with some other snacks, according to a report from the Sweetwater uh, County Sheriff. According to his son, he probably also had a handgun with him, which was never found or recovered during the
1: search. So he brought it with him.
0: Yeah. So he had it with him. Um, so like I said, the deputy, that w- the detective that was in charge of this case said that it can start to snow in the Pine Mountain area in October, and this causes the ground to be really soft and slippery. And like I said, that's how you get those ruts. And that's probably how his truck got stuck. Uh, the driver's window was rolled down, uh, which they theorized was to allow Terry to presumably climb out of the vehicle given the
1: steep angle of
0: the truck. So,
1: Oh, he climbed out the driver's side because yeah. he could get right to the ground there?
0: Yeah. Um, dried mud inside the vehicle and uh, shovel toss in the back of the truck indicated that Terry had attempted and failed to dig his truck out uh, from the rut. So, also, according to the detective on the case, there was no indication that Terry suffered any injuries when the truck got stuck. Uh, he noted that there was no physical damage to the interior of the truck or any signs of blood anywhere. So, they're pretty confident that he didn't injure himself when this happened. And I'm sure he was probably driving slow. And yeah. it was one of those, like, it just started slowly getting sucked into the rut,
1: and then... Well, what's weird is... It's a truck. It should be rear wheel drive, right? But it no, looks like the front tires are spinning.
0: Well, you probably just running four wheel drive.
1: Yeah, but the back tire doesn't, isn't coated.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe you didn't have four wheel drive on at the time. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So, uh, what else? Yeah, and like I said earlier, locals in Wyoming say that if you spend any amount of time driving around the backcountry, uh, you will eventually get stuck at some one point or the it's other. It's not an if, but when. It's Yeah, it's a when. I mean, look at these roads. Yeah. Um, so now through the next couple days, uh, October 26th through the 30th, they had ground units. They had fixed-wing aircraft and helicopter searches um, in the air and on the ground. Uh, they had search and rescue teams, and family and friends were all out there searching. And I'll get into these grid. pretty cool areas uh,
1: Yeah, here's the volunteers.
0: Yeah, here's one of the – I think this was um, in November. They did a big search and rescue operation later in the the fall, which I'll cover here. Um, But, yeah, they had a massive team out there. But just like we talked about how expensive I mean, that's half the state. (laughs) 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 Oh, but, uh, yeah. I've got dad jokes today. You got them. Uh, So it's October 27th, 2018 now. So the search for Terry um, south of Rock Springs is still underway. And the Sweetwater, Sweetwater County Sheriff Mike Lowell was urging or urgently requesting that no one fly their privately owned drones in the area. So apparently they had a lot of local private landowners and people that had drones now that wanted to fly them around. But Oh, they're worried about the aircraft. They're worried about the helicopters and fixed-wing aircraft in the air. So they actually had specific times during the search where people could operate drones. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they uh, they did let people do that, but... Uh, I'm
1: such a fan of crowdsourcing every problem. Yeah. Like, almost every problem.
0: Yeah, and the sheriff goes on to say, we had a good number of inquiries and offers to help uh, from drone owners, and we very much appreciate them, but a helicopter is part of the search effort now, and the presence of drones in the search area would create an extremely dangerous situation for the air crews. So it makes total sense. Yep. Uh, Moving forward to October 28th of 2018. So the search for Terry continued that morning. Um, Sweetwater County Sheriff Mike Lowell said ground units, fixed-wing aircraft, and a helicopter were deployed Saturday in the Alcali Creek, uh, Corral Creek, Salt Wells Creek area, about 35 miles generally south of Rock Springs but were unable to locate Terry Mater. So the search would continue on for uh, several days, and then they organized a very massive search on November 3rd of 2018, which is a Saturday. So uh, Sweetwater County Sheriff mounted a major search operation to stay ahead of weather uh, predicted to worsen over the following days. Sheriff's deputies, canine teams, uh, search and rescue, tip-top search and rescue, A University of Utah Air Med helicopter and over 150 volunteers, which Joe has pictured here on the screen, uh, participated in the search. Unfortunately, the search was unsuccessful. They went on to say over 60 square miles have been searched now uh, by teams on foot and horseback along with land and air vehicles on and around Pine Mountain. Structures within the area have also been searched. So uh, 60 square miles is a massive area to search. Um, You know, and that's a lot of people, but that's nothing compared to the size of the search area. And um, so, uh, sadly, November 14th, 2018, which was a Wednesday, uh, the sheriff announced that due to low temperatures and adverse weather conditions, the official search and rescue uh, operation was suspended. So Joe has some interesting pictures up here. So the first map here on the left of your screen Uh, This map depicts the area searched by air and ground units since October 26th, particularly the search of November 3rd defined by a five-mile radius extending out from the spot where Mater's pickup was found, uh, which is at the center of the map. County roads and BLM roads are highlighted and dashed with dashed single lines to indicate two tracks and trails. The numbers highlighted in yellow identify designated sectors that search teams were assigned and searched.
1: All right, so those listening, what we're looking at is a map overview of the area. The center of it is a black dot where his car was, and there's a, a five-mile diameter circle on the map. Yeah. And it, it's almost like a pie chart. It's not perfect spots, but each section of the pie, there's seven sections. They're numbered, and that is the search area. So we have, like, the right side is one, and it goes around clockwise, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, and this is... And it, yeah, it looks like the search area's got smaller, the more rugged yeah, it looks like probably because you won't want to search those huge areas. Maybe I don't know,
0: and, and maybe there was more. It required more specialized search teams. Yeah, um, but and this is this is in line with a lot of with like modern search techniques. Um, you know, the grid search technique. It doesn't always have to be like a square or rectangle. It you know, it's a diameter, and they they basically chop it up in the pieces. And
1: yeah, I'll do a photo folder on Facebook for this episode and drop all these in here. So if you're listening now, and want to check it out later. It'll be available.
0: Yeah, so now if you zoom, if you go back to that picture with the two maps, okay, the map on the right, so because footprints leading generally west, uh, away from the Mater pickup truck were reported, sector four was a subject of enhanced search. Searchers on foot and trackers scoured in particular the course of Red Creek from the Red Creek Ranch to the spot where Mater's pickup truck was found. So
1: now they said... It his footprints weren't going along a road, though
0: they were for about two miles and then kind of disappeared into the woods. That's wild. Yeah, uh, there's a theory. Okay, law enforcement has a theory on why his. Tra- I
1: was going to say I would stay on a road. His like, tracks At a minimum you're gonna. Yeah, people, there's like one road.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you would stay on the road, and even, um, you know, I have some like notes about the case, but uh, his son. Mentioned that his dad always told him, if your truck gets stuck, stay with the truck. Someone will find you. And this one time, Terry didn't take his own advice. It's same like in the woods. If you get lost and you you realize, like, I'm lost, you stay in one spot.
1: Well, and not disparagingly, but, like, with the whole technology, he seems like kind of like a typical stubborn old guy. Like, how I'm going to be. Like, I'm stuck in my ways. So, like, if that's his philosophy, he's not going to break his own philosophy. No. Unless he's forced to for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. So, uh, in in theories, I'll, I'll go into... Okay, a, I'll hold off. Yeah, I'll something. go I'll into... A, in the the law, law enforcement has a pretty good idea, theory of what happened to them. Um, so, like I said, it was November, what was it, 14th, when they called off the search and rescue officially. Um, but like they do in a lot of missing persons cases, uh, the following year when SAR teams were out there training, they trained in areas where people went missing. So... In September of 2019, uh, search and rescue—a search and rescue team with um, cadaver dogs—was training in the area, and they found a glove um, in the area where Terry had disappeared. Uh, his son saw the glove and didn't recognize it as something his dad would wear, but they decided to send the uh, glove off to for DNA testing. But unfortunately the testing lab couldn't find enough DNA to figure out whose glove it was, like anybody. Oh, it was
1: probably sitting out in the yeah, elements so, too long?
0: Yeah, so the results were uh, inconclusive. So that is the main timeline. I have just some some notes here about the case and about other things that happened. So we had another weird coincidence with of the phone. So at some point... Uh, during the disappearance Terry's phone dialed uh the Sands Inn hotel and it
1: like his phone number
0: his phone number called the Sands Inn hotel after
1: his we went missing mm-hmm. okay so so he did have a cell phone on him he,
0: he did have a cell phone on him but they think he might have it might have been
1: like low on battery or something? And they
0: don't know when he had his cell phone on him. Okay. um, They couldn't determine. So they're
1: probably just speculating all of it based on his normal, how he normally yeah. goes throughout the day.
0: So the call lasted for under a minute. It was a call to the Sands Inn Hotel. Um, the law enforcement could not determine one way or the other if it was on purpose or it was a butt dial. Um, his son thinks it might have been a butt dial. No one in his family or friends has any clue why he would call that hotel. My question is, you know, it probably was a butt dial, but.
1: How we, do you butt dial? I mean, that we don't know what number? kind of
0: phone he had. He might've had a flip phone. Like or a jitterbug? A old brick phone or, um, but, and you know, why was that hotel number in his phone? Uh, maybe he stayed, maybe he had friends and family. i would say it's him. a small
1: town. Maybe like you just knew someone who worked there.
0: Yeah. But um, you know, his son went on to say that his dad would have no reason for calling anyone at the hotel. So it oh, okay. it probably was just a butt dial. Maybe he had it in his phone from prior trips that people, you know, came into Wyoming to visit. So mm-hmm. um and like we said, his son said his dad was not a, a techie kind of guy. He um he would never uh really use his cell phone, like he had it with him, but um, he would keep it turned off or he would forget to charge it and it would usually go straight to voicemail. Um, he also said, um, so we know he was bipolar and he he actually had an incident back in 2005 um, when he was, I believe, moving his mother into an assisted living home in Arizona and he went off his meds. And he ended up being admitted to a psychiatric facility in Phoenix for several days while they got him, you know, back on his medication and had everything adjusted. So he did have a case of going off his meds and kind of going, you know, having issues uh, in the past. And uh, the detective also mentioned that he did in the past have a DUI. Um, I don't know the actual date of that, but the detective went on to say that Uh, from everything in his, you know, case file, Terry was a very law abiding citizen, um, with all respects. And he was, you know, very well liked and loved in the family and in the town. So even though, you know, he had a DUI, like that was a one, one off kind of thing. Sure. Um,
1: well, and stress is like one of the main triggers of the bipolar episode.
0: Yes. So, uh, and finally, I knew that one, (laughs) (laughs) one little uh, tidbit here, uh, the week Terry went missing was the 24th anniversary of his wife passing away.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, he could have had that emotional stress on top of his truck stuck. Yeah. Now he's walking. Okay. Yeah. I won't go into theory. You're starting, I, to, I, you're, I'm, you're I'm, starting
0: to piece together okay. a little bit. Of, so, with that, why don't we just jump right into theories? Yeah, I've already kind
1: of tiptoed around a couple <laughs> yeah. of them. Let's just so, go right to it.
0: I'm going to go into uh, what law enforcement thinks. Okay. So, the... General theory, the cliff notes, is authorities believe he got, got lost and died in the wilderness. Obviously, that's uh, a good likelihood. Um, so the main detective now was, this is where the, the path of tra- the tracks he had comes into play. He was talking about how the direction the, the tracks were going was heading towards I-91 South, which was about 20 miles away from his truck. Terry is an experienced hunter. He's been in this area for a long time. Even his own advice is to stay with the truck. Um, so they all thought it was very weird that he would do that. And... That he
1: would not stay with the truck, Yeah, walk away. And
0: even found one of his cigarettes like 200 yards away from the truck. So they know he right, was so out he, there walking. he was, he was smoking, smoking a cigarette and walking away. Okay. So... um Law enforcement pretty much ruled out suicide based on friends and family statements. Um, He was not suicidal at the time. He's planning a hunting trip for his family. He was on his medication. Yeah. Um, So they don't think he went out there to commit suicide. And he had all the gear with him. The, what the was the
1: anniversary of his wife? How, how many years? Twenty-four prior? years. Okay, so it's not recent. No, not recent enough to be like a major triggering event. Exactly. Like it's it's so, been many years. coupled with other,
0: you know, stressful events. I'm just saying in yeah. general,
1: like coupled with other stressful events, I think could create that bipolar episode. But like I would say, suicide's off table. Yeah. Based on the planning, what was happening, his age, how long ago that incident occurred. Yeah. Okay. So
0: the lead detective's theory on this case, he says Terry got stuck got out of his vehicle and tried to dig himself out. This area at this time would have been very cold and moist, and Terry would have gotten cold trying to dig himself out. He got to the point where hypothermia started to be a factor. It could have, uh, could have been uh, very cold at this point. For some reason, either he saw headlights or saw something else and made the determination to walk in the direction he did. Okay. He said, due to his medical condition and potential hypothermia, he veered off the road and got into some thick brush and got lost. They said, he goes on to say, he might have not had additional medication
1: with him. So we don't know. Yeah, I wonder what the half-life is of the bipolar medication he was on.
0: and if he got stuck on the 21st, we don't know how long he stayed at his truck. If he didn't plan on being out there for longer than a day, he maybe didn't bring any medication with him. And I don't know how long you can go off that medication, but uh, the detective seems to think that the combination of his bipolar disorder and hypothermia, which already will cause people to make, you know, not make the best decisions. He decided to walk mm-hmm. and went into the woods for some reason and got lost and succumbed to the wilderness, the wilderness in the woods somewhere. And the detective points out that he said, there's a lot of scavengers in this part of the woods. There's coyotes, foxes, bear, black bears, um, that, could potentially disrupt the remains of somebody. Okay.
1: Um, uh, real quick, I know we didn't know what he was on. Uh, I just looked up uh, benzodiazepines because that's an anti-anxiety med- medication typically prescribed yeah. to bipolar. So it's just uh, we're assuming, we don't know that he was on know. benzos. Um, they work as quick as 30 to 60 minutes, but it says they can wear off after a few hours. So if he did not bring enough yeah. for multiple days, plus the stress, plus the cold it could have potentially slowly went into some sort of episode.
0: Yeah. So that is the the leading theory for law enforcement. Uh, his son had another theory that maybe he tried to walk back to rock Springs and made it to the highway where someone picked him up. Um, I don't think, I don't think that happened. I don't think that happened. Um, and like my we, hunch
1: says that didn't happen.
0: Yeah. And like we said, uh, you know, they pretty much ruled out suicide based on just all of the, yep. the, uh, the factors in the case. So, that was law enforcement family theories. What, um, what's your thoughts?
1: I um, I don't want to like belabor that point, but I do feel like it was a medical episode that it made him. Wow, that just keeps. Re- I I keep closing that, and it keeps wanting to pop back up. Hold on, let me quit that so it stops that noise. Um, I don't think. I think he would have stayed with his truck if he wasn't in some sort of altered mental status. Something made him go that direction and then randomly veer off somewhere else. I feel like that could, if it was cold, if he's like medications wearing off, uh, maybe in a stress state already. Yeah. Um, You kind of have that perfect storm situation, which I feel like sounds rare, but usually makes sense. Because if it's not happening, I feel like he would have been on the road and someone would have found him eventually. Something made him veer off there.
0: And think of the angle of the truck. So, he's a 74-year-old man, you know, I'm in my 30s and I ache, things hurt. Yeah. Can you imagine spending several days, like, if he has no camping gear, his only option is to stay in the cab of the truck at an angle like this. Yeah. I mean, that would be uncomfortable for anybody, let
1: alone somebody in their 70s. Oh, you know, like... What you're saying is maybe he did stay in the truck for a long, as long time. As he
0: could, and it just, he couldn't.
1: Like, he got to the point where he's like, I got to move. I
0: can't stay in here any longer. And, I didn't think about that. And you couldn't stay outside because if it's cold and rainy, like, your only option is stay inside the truck. Yeah. you could keep it running and keep the heat going, but if it's so uncomfortable that he can't physically stay in there, he's probably just like, F it. I'm going to oh, try man. and walk somewhere. I,
1: like, wish he would have kept digging. Right. After that much time, I feel like you could have made a rut big enough to get the tires out or something. Yeah. So I, I mean, don't know.
0: Maybe if you had more people, like if there's yeah. a couple guys with you.
1: Yeah. I don't know what type of condition he was in his ability to dig either. At, at and like, like
0: you said, if he didn't bring any additional medication with him, Yeah. He started, to have been think good clearly for the first day and then went off his meds and that yeah. started affecting his thought process. I tend to agree with the law enforcement theory that I, th- I think he tried to stay at the truck as long as he could. And at a certain point, you just like, I can't. I don't you know, I can't stay here any longer. Mm-hmm. And the combination of probably being cold and off his meds, he started walking. And
1: then. Oh, it's so frustrating. I wonder how close he was to. Like, how far. Did, how long was the window from when he began walking to when the truck was discovered? Yeah. Like, you almost don't want it to be close. Yeah. You want it to be like a long time. Like, um, oh, I don't want to think about it. That's just. That no, sucks. but
0: yeah, it's. Uh, so. A uh, very puzzling case. Um, nothing of his gear, you know, his handgun has never been found. The clothing he was wearing hasn't been found. Um, they continue to, you know, search the area from time to time, family and friends, but it's uh, an, another really strange case where footprints basically just vanish
1: into the woods. What's your off the deep end? <laughs> I've got one.
0: Uh, let's hear
1: yours. I don't know. Um- Aliens. Aliens. Okay. Like I, and only because what made me think of it as like purely an off the deep end theory yeah. is what made him go away from the truck. Ah. Did he see lights? Jackalope. A jackalope. A rabbit a, jackalope. He followed a jackalope to the alien ship. No, I'm thinking yeah. like um, with like UFO lights going towards that thing. It's a car. And then pop. Yeah. Abducted. Abducted. Yep. That's my off the deep end. I feel like because like that area is very like New Mexico-ish looking. Yeah like Roswell style, very low population. So like that, that's yeah. my off the deep end. Off
0: the deep end aliens. Yeah. Yep. Well.
1: Um, Are you going to join me on the off the deep end train?
0: I'm, I'm on your train. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. it. Let's do it. Right. Punch my ticket.
1: Punch. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you all for tuning in to our show. We appreciate you all for listening and sharing locations unknown with your friends and family. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have the YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, as well for video content where you can see what we're talking about. Uh, if you would like to sh- support the show monetarily, visit our Facebook store, buy some cool swag and other things. Otherwise, you can donate to our Patreon account where you'll get exclusive content, uh, as well as subscribe, uh, what do they call the YouTube, I ask you this every week.
0: YouTube membership.
1: YouTube membership, so it's different than subscribing. It's an actual paid membership where you'll have access to the same shows that the extra patron accounts get access to and remember when enjoying the beauty of nature whether backpacking camping or simply taking a walk always remember to leave no trace thanks and we will see you all next time Mike, secret Easter egg? Comment Jackalope randomly in our Facebook page to get a sticker sent to you in the mail. Jackalope. I'm
0: rolling in a send out.
1: <laughs> like you interested. Stop me. The first. First two, first two people that we're count. Getting low, we're getting low on stickers. Okay. <laughs> I got to order stickers <laughs> yes. and hats. All right. So comment Jackalope on the Facebook page jack-a-lope. to get a sticker. First two people to comment Jackalope. Bye, everybody.